Hello and welcome to Power Pros Podcast, episode 150. I'm your host, the Hoff, Chris Hoffman, and with me is my co-host and nemesis, Pete Mashad. Na 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 Thanks for that, Pete. That was wondrous. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Chris. As I said, we have somehow made it to 150 episodes of the Power Pros podcast. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. Not only was there a Nintendo Direct just a couple of hours ago that we're going to be discussing on this week's show, but we've also got some game impressions to discuss and other news to talk about. And then we have this week's big topic, which is going to be the 50 greatest games of the modern era. Holy snaggies. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about, so I guess we shouldn't waste any time. We should just jump right into it and start talking about this brand new Nintendo Direct. Yeah, no kidding. It feels like Nintendo just won E3 here. <laughs> it kind of does. This, yeah, again, was probably better than their E3 presentation. It was just full of lots of announcements. They were talking about lots of games we knew about, lots of games we didn't know about, lots of swerves, lots of surprises. And if we talk about everything, it'll probably take up way more time than we have. So I'm going to try to just focus on the new stuff as we get into this here, okay? Sounds good. And, you know, at the top of my list, you know, this is definitely a surprise, definitely a new announcement, and that is that Luigi's Mansion 3 has been announced coming out next year, 2019, for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, you know, by the end of the whole announcement, I was, like, I almost forgot about this one, (laughs) but it's a big announcement. It's a big announcement, it's a big deal, I mean, it's like we're having another year of Luigi all over again. Yeah, the game looks great, I mean, I didn't know I wanted this game, but here it is. Yeah, I mean, we really don't know a whole lot about it so far, but we know Luigi is back at it again, roaming a haunted mansion, sucking up ghosts that burst out of hiding places that spook him. He can zap them with his light again to stun them. He can apparently even shoot them in the face with plungers. But other than that, you know, we're still kind of awaiting the details. Yeah, I'm excited for this one because I feel like the original Luigi's Mansion was really a showcase for the GameCube, right? Mm-hmm. It was like all these particle effects. And now the Switch is just such better hardware you can imagine that the experience and the atmosphere is going to be a lot better. Uh, Yeah, there's a very good chance of that, that's for sure. And, you know, I always wanted to have a version of Luigi's Mansion poured to a system like the Wii or something where you could have pointer-based controls. Mm. And we don't know if that's going to be you know, incorporate into this game, but with the Joy-Con, it would certainly be possible. I really hope they do something like that, because I think it would be a really, really cool way to play. Yeah, at least have the option. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would definitely be nice. Of course, what we're going to find out when we play this game is that, uh, you know, there's a big twist, and that is that uh, Luigi is already dead, thanks to that Simon <laughs> Belmont reveal. So, <laughs> Yeah, I really thought it was more on that, but uh, I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, sorry to spoil that for everybody. I almost wonder if they like reused the same bit of um, CG that they made. <laughs> well, between Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS, Luigi's Mansion 3 on Switch, and him having to fight off the denizens of Castlevania, Luigi has uh, definitely been getting spooked a lot recently, hasn't he? Yeah, you could almost say he's alive and well. Eh, maybe. I'm not <laughs> sure about that. No, maybe not. Uh, I'm still thinking he's undead myself. Yeah, me too. Undead and loving it. <laughs> Of course, another huge major announcement that we know almost nothing about is Animal Crossing. It is finally confirmed. We're getting a brand new Animal Crossing next year. Yeah, that was the major reveal of this one, it felt like. Well, I mean, people have been wanting it for a long time. It feels like it's well overdue. As they pointed out, it's been many years, you know, five, almost six years since there was a new Animal Crossing game out there. 
and even longer than that if you're talking about you know something you could play on your TV. So yeah, this was uh, well overdue and a really big announcement that a lot of people have been waiting for. Yeah, and you know it's kind of cute that they revealed it with the Smash Brothers announcement. But uh, I was just gonna say the reveal scene, you could almost tell that they had built a engine or some sort where Isabel was walking around. You're like, man, I hope that's a reveal. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to be because, you know, they had this text at the bottom of the screen saying something about how these graphics aren't representative of the final game. So I'm like, right. OK, that means this is going to be something to do with Smash Brothers. But I'll still bet that there's going to be like an actual Animal Crossing reveal. And I'm very happy that that did end up being the case. So, yeah, that is great. And you know, as we we're just alluding to, Isabel is now a character in Smash Brothers as well. So that also is pretty cool for Animal Crossing fans. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I've already seen a bunch of Twitter comments about how, you know, she's too innocent and pure for Smash Brothers. But It's uh, kind of true. I mean, I don't know how I can play that game and just go out there and punch her in the face, you know? <laughs> well, you don't have to. It's going to feel bad. Maybe all the characters can't actually attack her. Maybe that's her secret move. <laughs> can shoot her with Samus, blast her with fireballs. Shoot her with a missile if you're Solid Snake. It just doesn't seem right. <laughs> no. So yeah, she might win by default. Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem right. But I have to say, it was a very unexpected announcement. You know, there were lots of characters I'd like to see in Smash Brothers. She was not on that list, but uh, she is definitely not unwelcome. Yeah, shout out for Pete for delivering that message. <laughs> indeed, indeed, yes. Uh, great job, Pete. <laughs> just doing my job. Speaking of Smash Brothers, though, Nintendo also revealed that there is that new special Smash Brothers themed Switch bundle that's hitting. And that's something, you know, we've talked about over the last several months. We've been kind of wondering about when are we going to start getting these special edition Switch systems. And here we go. We have finally got one announced. It's going to be a Smash Brothers bundle with Smash character art on the dock. And then the Joy-Cons are adorned with that Smash Brothers Plus logo. And then it includes a download code for the game as well. And strangely enough, it comes out on November 2nd, which is more than a full month before the actual game hits. So that download code just can be sitting there with you able to not do anything with it for several weeks, which yeah. is kind of strange. Yeah, better not lose it. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, you can uh, get all that stuff together for 360 bucks. Do you like the system? Are you cool with it? Do you wish you had uh, gotten one of these? Honestly, it is cool. And if I hadn't picked a Switch up to this point, I would totally be in on it. Uh, I think just for me, it doesn't really move the needle. At least for my spending purchases. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. I mean, I like it a lot, but I don't feel like totally jealous that I didn't get this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it is cool. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, just not really enough for me to uh, want to go out there and do that. Yeah, not for another 360 bucks anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> but of course, that was not the only new special edition Switch that was announced recently. They talked about this on the Direct. It was actually announced several days before, and that is the Pokemon Switch Systems to celebrate Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. So you get this Switch system that not only comes with uh, you know a special dock with Art of Eevee and Pikachu on it, as well as silhouettes of the characters on the uh, back of the Switch screen hardware itself, but you also got specially colored Joy-Cons, a brown Eevee Joy-Con and a yellow Pikachu Joy-Con. <laughs> well, these are downright adorable. <laughs> yes, yes they are. But adorability, is that even a word? <laughs> adorability comes to price. It also includes the game, of course, and it includes a Pokeball Plus, but the whole bundle together costs $400. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
So you got to be a pretty big uh, Pokemon fan to want to get that. But, you know, I'm sure there are big Pokemon fans who don't have one yet, and it'll be just the perfect thing for them. And this comes out on November 16th, the same day as the game. Yeah, and $400 is a lot, obviously, but, uh, you know, people spend that kind of money for Christmas presents all the time. So I can see this ending up under a lot of kids' Christmas trees. Oh, yeah, that seems very likely. And it is, again, the same price as it would cost if you were buying a Switch system and buying the game with the Pokeball Plus separately. So it's not like you're paying extra for the uh, Pokemon decorations or anything. It's true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited that they're finally doing these things, that we're finally getting these cool variations on the Switch. And, you know, eventually I'm sure there's going to be something down the road where I'm like, oh, man, that's just too amazing. I'm going to have to splurge and get that one. So, uh, yeah, this is off to a good start, I'd say. (laughs) Better start saving that money now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, for sure. And with all this stuff that was announced that's coming out soon, that's going to be kind of hard. No kidding. So one of these games that was announced, or actually I guess this is one that you know isn't a brand new announcement, but they have confirmed that the title of the new Yoshi game is Yoshi's Crafted World. Ooh. Yeah, this was the previously untitled Yoshi game that we knew was set in this world of uh, paper craft objects and feature these flippable levels, but now it has an official title and they have reconfirmed it's coming out in spring of next year. Yeah, and it seems like you get to understand a little bit more of the gameplay mechanics. You know, you kind of, there's a lot of hidden things. You get to shoot eggs. Yep, plenty of interactivity. I don't know how much they showed that before, but uh, yeah, it just looked a lot more interesting this time around. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a combination of what they did in uh, Paper Mario Color Splash combined with the gameplay of Yoshi's Woolly World. Right, that's kind of what it was reminding me of. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that looks uh, very cool, and uh, again, that'll be coming out down the road next year. Yeah, I also like that feature where you can kind of flip the level around and then go back through. Well, you can manipulate the levels in various ways. That was something they had shown when they first unveiled the game. So I don't know if it's going to work the same in every level, but yeah, you definitely get to go, you know, behind the scenes, so to speak. Yeah, it almost looked like once you finish the level, you're not done until you go back through the level, which is kind of an interesting take. I'm not sure if that'll play out, like you said, in every level, but... It is kind of an interesting mechanic. Yeah, there's certainly some unique stuff in there, that's for sure. Another game that was announced and had sort of been previously rumored is this new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe package. Yeah, this one's pretty cool, I think. Uh, What do you think? Well, I mean, it's certainly not bad. It includes a new Super Mario Bros. U and new Super Luigi U. I mean, we've been talking about, you know, having some sort of new Super Mario Brothers All-Stars or something that include some of the older games, like the original one on DS, all prettied up, and the Wii version as well, and we're not getting that. So, you know, on the one hand, it's like, well, it's kind of too bad it's not that, mm-hmm. but on the other, it's not exactly bad being able to, you know, play New Super Mario Brothers U and New Super Luigi U on the Switch. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the fact that you can play it handheld like kind of just makes it a must-have. I mean, it's a great game when it came out. I'm sure it'll be great uh, this version, too. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. You know, I'm still not super keen on just getting another port from the Wii U. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to be down to like single digits of how many decent Wii U <laughs> games are left as you know not having been ported over to Switch, it seems. I thought of you when I saw the reveal. I was like, oh, yeah, another Wii U port. Hoffman's not going <laughs> to like this. Yeah, those are not my favorites. But on the other hand, it is a very good game, and it's updated with new stuff like having Nabited Toadette as playable characters and having her weird transformation into <laughs> fake Princess Peach or whatever. Yeah, who knew? 
Yeah, very bizarre. If they were going to make any other changes to the game, I kind of hope they would make the save system a little more generous because in the previous version, you couldn't just save after every level. And sometimes that would kind of stop me from playing it because it's like, well, I want to play, but I don't have enough time to actually get to the next save point. So I'm not going to play it right now. Right. Yeah, hopefully, especially on the Switch, it would be nice. As a lot of people might be playing this handheld, right. it would be nice to be able to stop and save anywhere. Yes, I agree. That would be very convenient. So I'll cross my fingers for that. Uh, but yeah, it's coming out on January 11th, 2019. And uh, yeah, there's a very good chance I'm going to pick that one up. I really like the logo, how it has the Joy-Cons in it. but <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. Speaking of ports from older systems, though, uh, Super Mario Bros. U is not the only one making a jump. Kirby's Epic Yarn is making a jump from Wii over to 3DS. Yes, and now it's Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. That's right. It is now Extra Epic. You are correct. <laughs> Kirby's so extra. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of nice. Kind of nice seeing that one make the jump as well. You know, we got uh, Yoshi's Woolly World on 3DS. Now we have uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn as well. So uh, all of the textile-themed games now playable from the convenience of your 3DS. Yeah, Nintendo really trying to keep that 3DS out of your drawer. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, brand new games would probably be better than ports for things like that. But uh, hey, I appreciate that they are still supporting the system at all. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's cool. I like that they're adding like new levels and uh, a few new abilities and all that. That's right, there is new content. I don't know if that's actually going to get me to buy it all over again, but I certainly appreciate that it's not just the same old thing. Yeah, totally. And by now, there's probably a slew of kids that weren't born when Epic Yarn came out, or at least not game-playing age, so, you know, it's probably a new game to them. Yeah, I mean, that was two generations ago, so, yeah, you make a good point there. Yep. Uh, Nintendo also announced those details we've been waiting on for Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, we did pretty good, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our uh, NES game uh, hopes that we talked about last week, we actually got five of the ten games correct. So, first of all, Pro Wrestling, can you believe it? After so many months of talking about this game, begging, pleading, what have you, it is finally happening. We have willed Pro Wrestling back into existence. <laughs> then on top of that, we were right about Excite Bike, Ice Hockey, River City Ransom, which I totally didn't expect, by the way, <laughs> no. and also Tecmo Bowl. Then on top of that, there is Ghosts and Goblins, Baseball, Gradius, Yoshi, and Double Dragon 1. We were hoping for Double Dragon 2. I don't know why they did Double Dragon 1, <laughs> because the two-player mode in that game is kind of lame. But that's what they did. So Double Dragon 1, not Double Dragon 2. I mean, I guess it's still a great single-player game, so that will be pretty fun to play again. But uh, yeah, it feels like a missed opportunity not doing 2. Yeah, with rolling updates, you never know. They might hit 2 as well. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if they got there eventually. Yeah, they also announced those games are going to be coming down the pipeline. Uh, they mentioned that Metroid, Super Dodgeball, Mighty Bomb Jack, NES Open Tournament Golf, Solomon's Key, Wario's Woods, Adventures of Lolo, Ninja Gaiden, and Twin Bee are all on the way. Yeah, that's pretty exciting, I think. Mm -hmm. And then, on top of that, they announced that you can get these NES Joy-Cons, these like recreations of NES controllers that attach to the side of the Switch. You just plug them in like a Joy-Con. <laughs> Uh, but they cost 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was like one of the weirdest things that I didn't really know I wanted. I'm still kind of questioning if I want to spend 60 for that. But then I look at it and I'm like, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with that really classic NES controller design. 
But uh, yeah, 60 bucks does seem a little bit steep. I mean, it's great that they're wireless. It's great that there's something like that to be able to play your Switch games. It's also kind of unfortunate it's not compatible with the NES Classic. You know, I would kind of like to be able to play that without the you know super duper short cord. Something wireless for that system would be phenomenal. Yeah, but no uh, unfortunately, it looks like this is only for the Switch. Yeah, I can actually see a lot of people probably buying this and then like splitting it with a friend. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's also a good point. Maybe we can do that. Mm, possibly. Don't <laughs> bet your beard on it. Uh, we're enemies. We can't do that. Are you kidding? <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. This can only be, apparently, ordered online from Nintendo if you are already a subscriber to Nintendo Switch Online. You can't just go out to the store and buy this thing. It won't be shipping until December. Holy crikey. <laughs> yeah, kind of strange, huh? Yeah, that's maybe the weirdest thing I've heard in a while. <laughs> and, of course, even before this Direct, Nintendo had revealed that Nintendo Switch Online will be going live on September 18th. That's less than a week away. That's just next week. Yeah, what do you think, Chris? You're going to have to start paying for Switch Online. Well, you know, I don't play a lot of online Switch games right now, but you know, just paying 20 bucks for access to all these NES games and for being able to do something with uh, cloud storage for my save data, that's probably going to be worth it right there. Of course, there are some other games coming out soon where I'll probably be taking advantage of that online, so pretty soon I'll probably be wanting to take advantage of all of the functionality that Nintendo Switch Online offers. Yeah, I'm really curious about this uh, last one too, the, uh, the mystery uh, surprise. Well, you make a good point there, but some of that might already have been revealed. Like, I think, shortly after the presentation, Nintendo announced that people who are subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online will be able to get some exclusive unlockables in Splatoon 2. So it might be that kind of thing that they're alluding to. I don't know if it's like some particular special extra bonus feature or something, or they're just alluding to all these uh, you know little extra things that they'll be handing out for people who use the service. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure Nintendo's got some cool stuff planned. And, you know, for 20 bucks, it does seem like a good value. Even if you just counted the NES games, I think I'd be in. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it mathematically, it's like a dollar per game per year. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, it's hardly anything, just a couple of bucks a month. So, you know, why not? Might as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Nintendo does with it, you know. Now they've finally got their service, and... Uh, We'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, it's up to them to deliver. And of course, if you're not sold on it, you can still sign up for a one-week trial. To me, that seems kind of weak. It seems like you know a month trial for free would be more appropriate, considering that I feel like they really do need to prove the value of the service to people. But then again, like I said, it's not like a huge investment. So maybe a week is okay. I don't know. Yeah, a week does seem like a weird amount of time, but eh, I guess it's better than nothing. Anyway, assuming that you actually go all in and you sign up for the service, get a full subscription, and don't do just this one-week trial, it is starting September 18th that you'll be able to buy these exclusive NES-style Joy-Cons. So if you're interested in that, that's how you have to do it. Sign up for the service, then apparently you order them online. Holy cow, that's like next week. <laughs> yes, yes it is. And I have a feeling that they're probably going to sell pretty fast, so keep it in mind. All right, pre-order in. <laughs> there was also a bunch of third-party stuff that was announced on this Nintendo Direct. And for me, the one that's got me really excited, oh. probably more excited oh. than I have any right to be. I already know <laughs> this one. Yes, the Capcom Beat-Em-Up Bundle. <laughs> this has your name all over it. Yes, indeed. It includes seven 
classic Capcom arcade games, not the least of which is Final Fight, one of my all-time favorites, but also Captain Commando, King of Dragons, Knights of the Round, Warriors of Fate, Armored Warriors, and Battle Circuit. And this also comes out on September 18th. It's only 20 bucks. Wow. And all those games have Mike Hagar in it, right? <laughs> no, sadly, he is only in Final Fight, but, you know, that's enough pile drivers and mustaches for really anybody. That's really all you need. <laughs> it really is. But yeah, it has online play in addition to local multiplayer. And, you know, presumably you're going to need Nintendo Switch Online to do that if you want to play online with folks. So that's where I think I will immediately be getting my value out of this Nintendo Switch Online service. I actually will play you online if you want to do this one. All right. Sounds like a plan to me. Sweet. In other third-party news, folks at Namco Bandai revealed Katamari Damacy Reroll. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of my favorites, and I'm glad to see it on the Switch. Well, I'm glad to see it on Nintendo systems at all. Am I crazy, or is this the first time Katamari Damacy has ever come to a Nintendo system? Wow, I think you're right. I mean, I remember way back in the day when we were still working at NOA up in Redmond, and I remember talking to the guys at Namco at the time, like, hey, are you guys going to do this? And we kind of thought they were going to do something, maybe for DS or maybe for Wii, but then it never emerged. And then I don't think there was ever a Katamari Damacy game on Nintendo. And it's kind of crazy because that series was so wacky popular at the time. And it seemed like Nintendo's, you know, goofy sense of humor was a perfect fit for it. But now, all this time later, it's finally going to happen. A remake of the original Katamari Damacy, now with gyro controls and HD rumble and a two-player mode. And it's coming out on November 30th. Yeah, you're right. It's finally a match made in heaven. Let's uh, hope that it turns out well. Yeah, I mean... So far, we have every reason to believe it will. There's also a physical edition coming uh, sometime later after the digital release. But yeah, I mean, it's just great to be able to have access to this game for the first time for Nintendo fans or play it all over again if you did play it long ago on you know, the aging uh, PlayStation 2 hardware. Yeah, and if you haven't played this game, it's just such a quirky, funny... It's kind of difficult to explain. There's really no other games like it, but uh, it's, it's totally <laughs> worth the play. Yeah, I mean, that's the charm of it, is that you're just trying to roll up all this junk, and it's a puzzle game in the sense that you can only roll up things of a certain size, and so at first you're just rolling up these really small items like, you know, candy wrappers or berries or M&Ms or something, and then eventually you're like, okay, now I can roll up something the size of a fork or a fish, <laughs> and then eventually it gets bigger and bigger, and suddenly you're rolling up cars and houses. And bus and drivers. Silly and ridiculous and crazy, and that's all just part of the fun, so... Yeah, great to see this game headed our way. Absolutely. And then, on top of that, Final Fantasy Mania is running wild on Switch. <laughs> yeah, if you like Final Fantasy, I feel like you're going to find something you like here. Yeah, I swear it wasn't that long ago we were talking about Final Fantasy and about how Square Enix should bring that franchise back to Nintendo. Yeah, I think we were talking about that. I don't remember what the context was, but, uh, well, apparently we're onto something because we're now getting, like, 10 Final Fantasy games or something. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're almost getting them all, really. Yeah, it's true. So the first one was announced last week, and that is this remake of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. It's coming out on Switch, of course. It's also coming next year. And so, yeah, now you can play this multiplayer-focused Final Fantasy game fully online, and you don't have to worry about link cables or hooking up your Game Boy Advance to your GameCube or anything like that. So, yeah, that is pretty great to hear. Crystal Chronicles is one of those divisive Final Fantasy titles where some people love it, some people hate it. 
I think uh, the charm here is that it's a really easy to pick up and play. Like you don't have this, you know, huge level uh, differential where if one person has played it a lot more than another person, you know, you almost can't play together. In this game, it's like everybody's on an even playing field. You really get to walk through levels together and it's a fun, like I know a lot of couples who've played this game and love it. Anyway, totally worth picking up. Yeah, this isn't a game I've really played that much of before. I did play it with the crew at Nintendo Power back in the day, but it's not a game I ever owned, so my experience with it is kind of minimal. But still, I had a fun time, you know, teaming up with friends, engaging in real-time battles. You know, I didn't really like to be the one to haul around that stupid chalice so people didn't die from <laughs> the poison uh, miasma or whatever. Yeah. But uh, still... You know, it was a pretty fun game from what I remember. And this one has uh, new areas inside the dungeons, too. So that's definitely cool. Yeah, I, again, I think it's a great game. It's not your typical Final Fantasy, but uh, no, no, it's not. in that regard, it is still fun. It's kind of like the difference between Monster Hunter Stories and Monster Hunter the regular series, where they're completely different games, but uh, people are both fans of both. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's sort of the opposite in that, uh, you know, this went from an RPG into an action-oriented series, and uh, Monster Hunter went from an action-oriented series to an RPG, but I totally see what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense to me. Anyway, aside from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered, we also are getting Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition, which is already available. It is up in the eShop and available for download right now. Now, what's the story behind this one, Chris? Did it start off as, like, a smartphone game? Well, kind of. I mean, the original Final Fantasy XV was not a mobile game, <laughs> but then they sort of made this chibi-fied mobile port. And yes, they have now ported that remade, scaled-down version on the consoles, including <laughs> Switch. So, yeah, it is said to feature the same story and characters of the full-blown Final Fantasy XV, and you get to experience Noctis and his friends embarking on this uh, crazy road trip adventure. But since I haven't really played either the final full version of Final Fantasy XV or this Pocket Edition, I don't really know what the gameplay differences are. But regardless, I am, again, glad to see that it's made its way to Switch. I'd love to try it out. Yeah, definitely great to have in the collection. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I had my choice, I would say give us the full-fledged real deal Final Fantasy XV sure. first instead. But, uh, you know, this is not bad as an option, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of the other Final Fantasy games on the way are World of Final Fantasy Maxima, which comes out on November 6th. This is a very cute turn-based take on Final Fantasy that sort of takes the series back to its roots and features lots of different fan-favorite characters from throughout the Final Fantasy series. This version includes something called Avatar Change, so I guess you can actually turn into some of those favorite characters, but this is a game that was previously on PS4 and Vita, and you know, it looked interesting, but I never had a chance to play it, so I'm very curious about that one. Yeah, it looks interesting. And then there's also Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, Everybody, which is this dungeon crawler from the famed Mystery Dungeon series. And that was not a bad game at all when it came out on Wii. This one has a two-player mode, and I'm not sure what other features are in there, but uh, that's also quite an interesting choice to see it coming to Switch. Yeah, I feel like they misspelled everybody, though. <laughs> well, they did, but <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason for that. <laughs> Apparently, you can make friends with a lot of the monsters you encounter. Oh, that's the name. I get it. It's a dad joke. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. But then, in addition to that, we are also getting some true classic Final Fantasy games. Final Fantasy VII, 
9, 10, and 10-2, as well as Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age, all coming out on Switch in 2019. Wow, next year. That's a lot of Final Fantasy. Yes, yes it is. I mean, I still haven't finished playing through Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age from when it came out on PlayStation 4 last year, and I loved the original Final Fantasy XII. I picked up the Zodiac Age and was really looking forward to playing through that, and then I got distracted by other stuff, not the least of which was Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> so I was all getting ready to maybe go back and play through that and finish my playthrough, and now it's like, oh, it's coming to Switch. So I'm like, oh man, what do I do now? Do I wait for the new Switch version to come out? Do I finish it here on PS4? I don't know. Either way, I think it's a highly underrated game, and I'm really, really happy to see it coming over to the Switch. And of course, Final Fantasy 7, 9, 10, 10, 2, those are all you know pretty much beloved classics. I'm a little worried that they're probably ports of those PC versions that had you know a few <laughs> uh, flaws in their armor, and I'm hoping maybe they can polish that up a little bit. Like I remember hearing that 9 you know, didn't have analog controls and stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, I'm hoping they can do some touching up there. But still, these are games that I've been wanting to see on Nintendo systems for pretty much forever, and it's finally happening. So that is a huge thrill as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, who would have thought Final Fantasy VII, the game that kind of separated Square Enix yeah. from Nintendo, well, Square at the time, is now back on Nintendo platform. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, several years ago, like more than 10 years ago, I remember talking to some folks at Square Enix, and they were actually considering at the time maybe trying to port the games over to DS or something like that. Mm-hmm. That never happened, of course. So, you know, I am, again, you know, very happy to see that they are finally coming in some way, shape, or form. It's a long, long, long overdue. Yeah, and they are coming out in 2019, so perhaps they will have time to clean them up before they ship them out. It is interesting, though, that Final Fantasy VIII is just totally being left out. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I mean, Final Fantasy VIII gets a lot of flack, but I still think it's a pretty darn excellent game. I think the answer is just it has not been ported over to smartphone or PC recently, and the other games have, and that's why we're getting them and not that one. So it's probably a matter of time before Final Fantasy VIII receives the same treatment, and then they decide, okay, let's port that to Switch as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great one too, and I definitely hope it comes out eventually. Interesting. This kind of reminds me of the time when Capcom just decided to port every Resident Evil game over to Nintendo hardware. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That didn't turn out so well, so maybe this one will. (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, hopefully it's not Final Fantasy Overkill, but, you know, there have been certainly a lot of people, in addition to me, I think, waiting for this for a long time. So uh, hopefully we all end up very happy. Yeah, I guess they got the message about Octopath Travelers. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Uh, Speaking of RPGs on Switch, though, there is one more new announcement I wanted to make mention of, and that is that Game Freak is apparently working on this title, tentatively called town did you see that what did you think i did uh, it looked really promising uh i love the art style and everything game freak has made that wasn't a pokemon title uh, you know i like pokemon as well but everything game freak has done i've really enjoyed so i'm looking forward to this one yeah they pretty much deliver every time they make something and you know we don't know a whole lot about this game yet but we know it is an rpg set within the confines of a single town apparently you never leave this town it must be a pretty big town <laughs> and then you enlist the help of villagers and you fight enemies including what appears to be some giant hairy gorilla monster <laughs> uh and it wasn't me <laughs> yeah i really wish we knew more about it it seems like it's kind of early but it certainly sounds very interesting and like you said game freak pretty much 
always delivers. So I am quite looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. There were plenty of other things discussed on the Nintendo Direct, primarily covering previously announced titles. Was there anything else that stood out to you? Anything else you want to talk about before we move along to other news? Well, I did think the uh, Bowser's Inside story and the Bowser Jr.'s journey was pretty interesting. Yeah, it looks very similar to what they did with the Bowser's Minions mode in the previous Mario Luigi remake on 3DS. Yeah, again, they're making it hard to put that 3DS back in the drawer. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, the other thing I noticed, you know, obviously there were a ton of, like, SimCity type games. Well, there were a few. I mean, there's Civilization VI coming out on November 16th. And then there's the City Skylines, which is out in the eShop right now. Yeah, and, and for me, the Civilization VI, you know, I haven't touched a Civilization game in a while. And I played it on PC back in the day, but I'm actually interested in this one. I, it's good to see uh, that series kind of return to a Nintendo platform. Yeah, totally. I have some relatives that are super into that series and, you know, like they're still playing like Civilization 4 or something. (laughs) So I know how addictive it can be. So that's also a cool one for sure. I'm also pretty interested in those uh, tabletop games that are coming over to Switch. Oh yeah, there's quite a few of them. Yeah, especially that little hidden reveal about Settlers of Catan. Mm -hmm. I think that could be super interesting as well. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not really into tabletop games myself, but if you are, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to. This uh, Carcassonne, Lord of the Rings, Pandemic. Yeah, lots of stuff. And then just finally, the fact that we finally have a, uh, a release date for Diablo, and it's coming up soon. Yep, November 2nd. Yeah, that's pretty awesome as well. Yes, yes, indeed. All told, there's a lot to look forward to out of this Direct. A lot of it coming this year, a lot of it coming next year. A lot of it involving punching people in the face, a lot of it involving Final Fantasy. But yeah, there is lots of good stuff any way you look at it. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder why they didn't reveal more of this at E3. But uh, at the same time, I'll take the news now and happily go into the holidays. (laughs) Yes, indeed. It's a good way to look at it. All right, then. Let us move along and just touch on a couple other bits of news that were not included in this Nintendo Direct. One thing that was on my radar is that the folks at Oddworld Inhabitants have announced Oddworld Stranger's Wrath coming out on Switch. This was an Xbox first-person shoe that was remastered in a few forms recently, set in the bizarre Oddworld universe. Have you ever played this game? Are you familiar with it at all? I haven't. You know, I actually really barely played any of the Oddworld games. Well, you know, the Oddworld Quintology, as it was supposed to be, you know, sort of didn't pan out as it was supposed to. But uh, it did have some really great games in it. Stranger's Wrath was pretty excellent. And it was you know, not your typical first-person shooter. It definitely had some unique elements to it and might appeal to players who are not really into you know, your typical first-person shooter but are more into like the Metroid Prime series or Bioshock or something like that. And I believe this is also the first time that an Oddworld title has actually been on a Nintendo console. You know, We had some handheld spinoffs on Game Boy Color and stuff, but I think... This is the first console quality release. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of non-Nintendo series finally making their way over to Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, third parties are really getting into the Switch, that's for sure. Uh, Then, over at Nicholas, you know, they've been a Nintendo supporter for a long time. They have announced a new title that is called Dungreed, I think. (laughs) Yeah, Dungreed. Yeah, it's a procedurally generated 2D side-scrolling action-adventure. It promises a wide variety of weapons and spells and varied environments. And, uh, you know, it sort of has a lo-fi look, kind of reminiscent of Cave Story. You know, sort of somewhere between 8 and 16-bit. And while I don't know a whole lot about it beyond that, Nicholas usually delivers good stuff. So, also, looking forward to hearing more about that one. Yeah, it looks fun. 
And then a couple of merchandise-related news bits. There is a Super Mario Odyssey art book that is coming out in Japan later this month. It is going to be 368 pages, and you know, as we've seen on Nintendo's Twitter account, there is all kinds of amazing concept artwork out there for Super Mario Odyssey, and it looks like this book is going to be jam-packed full of it. There is no announcement for North America yet, but I have no doubt it will be announced by Dark Horse and will be coming to the U.S. probably next year. That's my guess. You going to pick this one up? Well, I'm not going to get the Japanese one right away. Like I said, I assume it's going to be coming out in North America, so I'm kind of holding out for that one. But if it doesn't, yeah, I'll totally import the Japanese one because, you know, I love Mario Odyssey and I have no doubt this book's going to be great. Yeah, the art style from Mario Odyssey is really cool, and I can only imagine, with, especially with all the costumes and stuff like that, uh, really cool stuff. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. A lot of things with mustaches on them. <laughs> That's true also. And in addition to that, there is a Splatoon Figma action figure coming out. It is the Inkling Girl, and there is not only one, but two Inkling Girl action figures coming out in this line. So there's the regular Inkling Girl from Splatoon 1, and she includes her headphones, a backpack, and the splatter shot, as well as an alternate faceplate. But there's also a deluxe edition, which is actually a two-pack, including two figures, the Inkling Girl from Splatoon 1 and also the Inkling Girl from Splatoon 2. And then it includes extra accessories like the roller, splat dualies, a burst bomb, two different hats, two squid form inklings as accessories, and ink effects. Uh, these figures are highly posable, like all Figmas are, and they look absolutely excellent. Uh, they are expensive, though. If you get just the regular single inkling, it costs 60 bucks or so. If you get the two-pack, it's more like $130. Yeah, they really are cool figures. Uh, it almost makes me want to get one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like Splatoon is my favorite series or anything, but if I have the funds, I will definitely get at least the single Inkling Girl because it looks fantastic. Yeah, it really does, and it's like one of those things I didn't even know I wanted, and now I do. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. All right, that takes care of the news for this week. Let's move along to some game impressions. I feel like I need to have a game impressions jingle now, but we don't have one. <laughs> anyway... The first game I would like to discuss is one that came out last week on Nintendo 3DS. It is Yokai Watch Blasters. Yeah, they even talked about this during the Direct, right? Yes, they did. They announced there's going to be some updated content for this game coming out towards the end of the month. Obviously, I haven't experienced that, but I have experienced the base game. And Pete, you didn't pick this up or try it or anything, did you? No, and I, I'm actually not really that familiar with the series in general. I've, I've thought about dabbling in, but just haven't. Well, don't blame me for that. It is certainly aimed at a younger audience. But let me tell you about this game. It really, really is totally inspired by Ghostbusters. Like, your base is a converted firehouse complete with the sliding pole to drop down to the first floor. And you even have a car that looks pretty much exactly like the Ecto-1. <laughs> so you're saying it's a Ghostbusters ripoff? I'm saying that a lot of it is a Ghostbusters ripoff. <laughs> I mean, beyond those aesthetic things... The gameplay really isn't very Ghostbustery so far. In fact, the game title, Yokai Watch Blasters, is a little misleading because there's not very much blasting. It's more of a top-down action, you know, kind of a beat-em-up in some ways. You know, the gameplay is pretty straightforward, where you go on these missions with a party of four characters, and there are four character classes to choose from. Attacker, Tank, Healer, and Ranger, who specializes in offensive status effects. There's no Vankman? I'm not sure which one would be Vankman, but uh, not that I've seen so far. <laughs> 
anyway, regardless of the four different classes, to me, they all kind of feel the same as far as the play mechanics go. You know, usually it's all up-close melee attacks being how you interact with the enemies. I was thinking, oh, if I use a ranger, maybe I can actually, you know, shoot them from afar with, you know, a bow and arrow or something. But no, nothing like that that I've encountered <laughs> thus far. Funny. Of course, there are you know, lots of different yokai to acquire. Sometimes when you defeat the enemies, you can play this little rhythm minigame to have them join you. So you know, in the end, you're going to have a pretty big roster of uh, playable yokai you can have in your party. Uh, so far, the additional ones that I've gotten haven't been very strong, so I haven't had a great reason to swap out other characters. But I did dump my original healer, and now I have some weird old geezer yokai as my healer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Naturally, you can also level up and craft equipment. Also, it has both local and online multiplayer. And one thing that I'm really impressed by is it just uses a ton of the 3DS's features. Like, it is in stereoscopic 3D. It does have street pass and spot pass. It even uses play coins. What? Yeah, like, I remember the last game that used play coins. Yeah, no kidding. So, it's kind of too bad this game wasn't around during the heyday of 3DS. Like, you know three or four years ago because it would have been fun to street pass with this game to team up with friends and play it in multiplayer mode but alas doing that now that's not really going to happen <laughs> you most other people i know they have given up on 3ds so <laughs> sad it feels like a little bit of yeah too little too late sad 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 uh, one complaint i do have about the game is that the top screen is really cluttered like, there are life bars, and there are button commands, and there's a timer, and there's other stuff, and it's sort of got this frosted effect around the edges. Hmm. So, in a way, it's kind of like the worst use of two screens I've ever seen. <laughs> like, the bottom screen is just your map. They should have taken a lot of the other stuff and put it down there with the map as well, because on the top screen, a lot of time I don't see the enemies until I'm, like, right on top of them. I mean, it doesn't really impact the gameplay that much, it seems, but still, it's kind of a shame yeah. that they didn't make better use of those two screens. Yeah, nobody likes a cluttered HUD. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, uh, the graphics are good, the music is good, the controls are pretty decent, the game is solid, but, you know, overall, it's just kind of there. It's not amazing, it's not like, oh, this is a game you totally have to play, it's just kind of meh in some ways from a gameplay perspective. So it's all right, but uh, it's certainly not a must-have. Would you say that blasting makes you feel good? Um, unfortunately, no. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Actually, it mostly just tended to make me a little sleepy. <laughs> ah, that's too bad. Now, there is one other game I have been playing, and that one is on Switch. And that is Senran Kagura Reflections. Is this another one of those uh, adults-only type titles? Well, if you know Senran Kagura, then you know, yes, it is indeed rated M. Yes, it does star Busty Ninja Girls. And, you know, I really had one goal in mind when I decided to play this game. I really wanted to you know, approach it with an open mind and find out if there is actually some good gameplay behind that exterior. Because at a glance, it looks like it's a groping game featuring the Ninja Girls of Senran Kagura. <laughs> but I was hoping that there was more than meets the eye and there was a real game here because the original Senran Kagura, obviously, that's what it's known for, is for having bussy Ninja Girls who fight and often get their clothes knocked off. Uh, okay. But despite that game being kind of pervy, it was actually a pretty decent beat-em-up and it had surprising depth to the characters and the story. So I was hoping, you know, this would be something similar. But 
what I discovered is reflections is pretty much what it looks like. What you see is what you get. <laughs> the gameplay is kind of super shallow. There is really no technique. There's really no challenge. And the whole ninja backstory thing that I liked about the characters is barely even acknowledged. Mm-hmm. So here's how the game works. First, you perform a hand massage, and depending on the part of her hand you touch, like you can grasp the palm or different fingers, then you're transported to one of seven imaginary scenarios, like a sexy teacher scenario or a pop idol or a fantasy RPG warrior or one called Kid Sister, which is just super disturbing, to be honest. Can I just say that I'm disturbed and I'm signing off for a minute? <laughs> Anyway, you then move on to the main massage portion of the game, and your options are squeezing, touching, or caressing, which means, like, moving the cursors with the Joy-Con joysticks and then, you know, pressing a button or shaking or twisting the Joy-Con, and there's, like, no right or wrong way to do it, but depending on where you perform these actions, you get different colors corresponding to different emotions. Uh, and yes, Pete, if you're naughty, you can get negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, after you've done that, then you enter this mode called Glorious Reflexology, where you give a specialized massage, and you have to fill up a meter to help the character relax, and it's pretty darn pervy. But anyway, the scenario ends, a crystal fills up with a color, and then you get a different ending to the story, depending on the dominant emotion you have elicited. So, that's kind of it. There's not much to it. Uh, I guess there are also options to dress up your characters and you can enter a free play mode to grope to your heart's content. <laughs> but there is not much in the gameplay department. It's rated M. I think it's made for a certain type of player and I will kind of leave it at that. I think I played this game so other people won't have to. <laughs> well, thanks for taking one for the team, Chris. <laughs> uh, you got it, Pete. Just for that, I think it's time to... Hassle the Hop. <laughs> okay, I think I deserve that, sure. Go ahead, lay it on me. Alright, Mr. Professor Hoffman. Mr. Professor? Yeah, yeah. What's been your favorite episode of Power Pros of all time? Oh, huh. Well, I mean, obviously you're alluding to the fact that we somehow have made it to 150 episodes... You know, I never thought we'd make it this far. I never thought we'd make it to 10 or 50 or 100, let alone 150. But here we are, 150 episodes in. Man, it's hard to kind of pick a favorite one when it's something that's, you know, so close by. I, mean, I feel weird choosing a favorite of something that we're still actively doing like that. <laughs> but you have to pick one. I have to pick something. So... I mean, I could go with, I think it was episode 29, where I did a Final Fight Christmas bonus dramatic reading, so I could lean that way. I could go with episode 100, where we had all of those uh, listener interactions, all those questions about our time at Nintendo Power. That was a lot of fun to do. But I think I'm going to choose bonus episode 2, which was our full-length commentary of Super Mario Brothers the movie. And as you know, I had way too much <clears throat> milk to drink, and that led to, uh, certainly, I have to believe, one of the uh, most entertaining episodes in the podcast history, I'd like to believe. So. Wow. 
I think that's what I'm going to go with. Wow, I'm really proud to be a part of that one. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you were there to uh, listen to my ramblings. <laughs> now, do the listeners know that you almost didn't hit record? Or No, no, you didn't say that. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just don't have much memory of what happened at the end <laughs> of that recording. Uh, yes, I think I ended up saving it in a weird spot or using a weird file name, so for a while I wasn't quite sure I'd actually remember to save, but fortunately I did, and so yes, it is now there for anyone to listen to in all its glory, with or without listening to it simultaneously alongside the movie. The dangers of drinking too much milk. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay. That takes care of that, so let's take an intermission, and then when we come back, we'll discuss this week's big topic, which is the best 50 games of the modern era. We are back, and we are ready to discuss this week's big topic, which is the best 50 games of the modern era. Yeah, now why did you pick this topic for this 150th episode? Well, you know, Pete, it wasn't that long ago that we did our 30th anniversary of Nintendo Power celebration. Mm -hmm. And what I found out during that is that a lot of people's favorite issues of NP were those you know big lists, the top 100 games, or the top 200 games, or the top 285 games. So I thought, you know, what would be a great way to celebrate our 150th episode of the podcast would be to put together our own similar list. Doing 150 would be a little bit overwhelming, so instead we were doing the top 50 games of the modern era, and by that I basically mean since Nintendo Power closed. So basically from the end of 2012 up until now. That's what we are pulling from. So games that came out new to Nintendo systems in those past six or so years. So no retro re-releases or virtual console games or straight up ports from older hardware. Like, you know, I love Mega Man, but we're not going to count the recent Mega Man Legacy collections or anything like that. Mm. Full remasters are okay, and there might be some other exceptions, but that's the general rule. Also, we're only counting one version of each game. So even if an awesome game hit Switch and 3DS and Wii U with slight variations, it only gets to go on the list once. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was more information than you needed, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how we arrived at this week's big topic. I think it's good to set the ground rules just so people don't go, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Of course, this is our own combined 
personal top 50 list, contents are subject to change. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a lot of games to cover, so I say we jump right into it and uh, go through this list. All right, let's go. Why don't you kick it off with number 50, Pete? All right, number 50, Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. Ah, the remake of the Master System game that nobody knew that they wanted, but ended up being quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, they're working on a sequel to this one, too, right? Not exactly. There's a spiritual successor, that being Monster Boy, but uh, that's not exactly the same thing. <laughs> All right. Number 49, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Yes, combining the Zelda universe with the Dynasty Warriors style gameplay, slaying lots and lots of uh, villainous uh, goblins and monsters and whatnot, and playing as all your favorite Zelda characters. Yep, that was a lot of fun. I still need to pick that one up. Hmm. Number 48, Pikmin 3. Yep, can't go wrong with the Pikmin series, that's for sure. Especially one that looked as gorgeous as Pikmin 3. Yeah, this one was really good. I like this one. Mm -hmm. Number 47. Stardew Valley. Yes, the beloved farming sim finally making its way to Nintendo systems. Uh, might not have cap bars, but still has pretty much everything else you would want out of a farming game. Yep, a Harvest Moon clone, but a lot of people like this one over the former. Yeah, and a very good Harvest Moon clone, so not going to complain. Right. Number 46, Iconoclass. Yes, a Metroid-style action-adventure, a fairly recent release, but one that uh, we have really enjoyed tremendously in the short time it's been available. And number 45, Fire Emblem Fates. Yeah, that was a great one as well. Uh, this one you know, was available in three different versions, told a really interesting story. You know, we got to meet uh, lots of cool side characters like Ryoma and the protagonist's adopted family. Yeah, that's an excellent game on 3DS. That brings us to number 44, Bravely Second, Endlayer. Yeah, you gotta love the Bravely Default series. Yeah, it had lots of really cool, innovative elements that uh, really amped it up from being you know, your typical turn-based traditional RPG. Hmm, I wonder if the other Bravely Default is on here, hmm? We'll see. Number 43, Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon. Oh yeah, the 3DS classic. Yeah, the long-awaited sequel to Luigi's Mansion made a nice splash on uh, 3DS, being in stereoscopic 3D, but uh, retaining that similar gameplay of the original. Yeah, with plenty more Luigi's Mansion on the way. <laughs> yes, yes, it was a sign of things to come. Number 42, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Now, this has come out in a few different versions, but uh, yeah, any of them are really good. That's a great series. Yes, and it's great to see uh, Toad finally getting due and getting his own game. Absolutely. Number 41, Celeste, the platformer available in the Switch eShop. Yeah, this is a great one. Um, if you haven't picked it up, I highly recommend. Yes, great story, very challenging, highly recommended. Number 40, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Yeah, obviously those are two of my favorite series, so you know what could really be better than uh, taking the two of those and combining them into one? Well, apparently 39 other games can be better, but uh, that's beside the point. It was still a great game and a really cool combination to see those beloved characters come together in a single title. I object. <laughs> Number 39, Thimbleweed Park. Yes, a excellent and humorous point-and-click adventure. Really goes back to you know that genre's roots, so to speak. And uh, a really excellent modern take on that type of gameplay. Yeah, it feels like a spiritual successor to something like uh, Monkey Island or uh, King's Quest. Uh, yeah, indeed. Although with a decidedly more modern take. Absolutely. Uh, number 38, Splatoon. Yes, yes. The uh, very exciting new IP from Nintendo introduced back on Wii U. 
I'm you know really happy with how Nintendo's been able to like make their own take on the third person shooter like that, really embrace online, embrace, you know, some new characters and not just rely on everything that we've come to know and really love, but actually do something exciting and new like that. Yeah, leave it to Nintendo to make a multiplayer online shooting game that's totally kid friendly. That's true, and somehow have managed to make squids be totally cool. Who would have guessed? <laughs> uh, number 37, Skyrim. Yes, indeed. File coming out to Nintendo owners. Yeah, this one is uh, unbelievable that you can finally play this uh, portably. Yeah, lots and lots of depth to this one. Number 36, Octopath Traveler. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of that one recently. Uh, as you alluded to earlier, it really has proven that you can still make a traditional turn-based RPG, even in this modern era of Switch. And, you know, this one does have a lot of interesting new features combined with the classic features. Uh, the result is just a really fun RPG. Yeah, and it sold well enough that Square Enix unleashed the floodgates. <laughs> Apparently so. Apparently so. Number 35 is Zeodrifter, the Metroid Light sci-fi action-adventure game. Yeah, another great indie game if you are looking for something to pick up. Yeah, I think this one's been 50% off in the eShop recently, so if you don't have it, there has never been a better time. And if it's not 50% off, Chris will reimburse you uh, if you buy it at full price. Oh, would you stop. <laughs> Number 34 is WarioWare Gold. This is one of your favorites, right? Well, it's certainly one of my recent favorites. I mean, it does have a lot of old content, but it has new content as well. It's totally funny. It's totally addictive. You know, it reminded me of why the WarioWare series was so fun when it originally came out back on GBA all those years ago. And, you know, I know some people are missing out because their 3DSs are put away in their drawers, but you shouldn't because it is tons and tons of fun. Number 33 is Hollow Knight. Yeah, this is another Metroid-style game that uh, has recently found its home on Switch, but equally very awesome, very cool, and uh, the art style is amazing. Uh, very challenging as well. Yeah, yeah. Some people would call it uh, the two-dimensional Dark Souls. <laughs> that gets thrown around a lot. Anyway, moving on to number 32, that is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Ah, Funky Kong at his best. <laughs> yes, indeed. All the Kongs at their best, pretty much. I mean, the original Donkey Kong Country Returns was pretty great, but having Tropical Freeze in all of its HD glory, I think, was probably even better. So it's fantastic to see the Kongs back in 2D platforming action on modern consoles, for sure. Still no Beardy Kong, though. <laughs> well, we've got our own Beardy Kong right here. <laughs> Number 31 is Golf Story. Yes, I can absolutely tell you within the shadow of a doubt this is the best rpg golf game ever <laughs> without a doubt and it's an instant classic i totally understand why this game is uh got such a weird cult following behind it but if you haven't played it pick it up personally i'm still kind of waiting to get that uh, physical edition that's coming from wounded run games but you better believe i will buy that as soon as it's available number 30 bloodstained curse of the moon Yes, a spiritual successor to classic Castlevania. I wasn't really expecting this to turn out as great as it did. It wasn't on my radar at all. I thought it would be some sort of freebie throwaway, but it ended up being totally amazing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this game plays just like an NES game. If someone had slipped this to me when I was eight years old, I would not have, not have known the difference. <laughs> yes, it is a good one. Number 29, Bayonetta 2. 
Yep, bringing all that uh, stylish action of the Bayonetta series to Nintendo system owners. Yeah, lots of cool action and demon slaying and uh, naughty language and all that good stuff you'd want. (laughs) Number 28, Metroid Samus Returns. Yeah, the folks at Mercury Steam managed to take a Game Boy Classic and really, really take it to the next level with beautiful stereoscopic 3D, all kinds of new moves, and, you know, finally give us a new Metroid game that we've been craving for so long. And, you know, give us a chance to re-experience this old game that, you know, a lot of people probably never really played. Yeah, it really was a sequel to an NES game on a Game Boy, and uh, it never truly captured the same level of graphics that the original had, but that doesn't make it any less of a good game. So great to see it remade on 3DS. Yes, for sure. Number 27, Mario and Luigi, Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions. Yes, speaking of great recent remakes that were on Nintendo 3DS, this wasn't quite as significant a remake as Metroid Samus Returns was, but you know, it's certainly got a complete graphic overhaul and players got a chance to re-experience this great story and unique gameplay of uh, the Mario and Luigi series all over again on 3DS. Number 26, The Messenger. Yeah, this is probably the newest game that's on this list. And, you know, I'm always a little bit wary about putting a brand new game on this list because it's always like, you know, does it really deserve to be on here? Or am I just so enthralled with playing through it at the moment that I'm going to put it on here? But at any rate, today, at this date and time, the game just seems amazing. I love the fact that it has both the 8 and the 16-bit styles. I love the way the gameplay evolves, and there's just, you know, so much good content and fun challenge in there. I'm absolutely loving it. And, uh, you know, I hope that it ends up, you know, being worthy of a permanent spot on this list, for sure. And the soundtrack. The soundtrack! Yeah. Game is pretty darn great. Next on the list, at number 25, Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Yeah, this is a, a great game that came out of seemingly nowhere in a much-needed time during the Switch life cycle. Of course, this one made by Ubisoft, and it's a tactical battle involving Rabbids and Mario. Yeah, I mean, we really wouldn't have expected such a thing to work. It's got Mario, it's got Rabbids, it's a strategy game, yet somehow it worked out beautifully, and we got another excellent game on Switch. Who would have guessed? Number 24, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the epic role-playing game from Monolith Soft. Great characters lots of fun exploration tons of content it's just an amazing vast rpg you know not perfect but still absolutely fantastic this one really sank its teeth into you huh uh yes yes it did and i into it you could say (laughs) next at number 23 we have phoenix wright ace attorney spirit of justice Obviously, I'm a big fan of this franchise, and like other games in the series, this has great characters, compelling mysteries, and it is always fun to yell objection into that microphone. So, yeah, it's another fun one. Next up, at number 22, we have Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah, another recent release, but far and away the best Mario Tennis game that's come out in recent years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it has a a really robust single-player mode as well as a fantastic online component. Yes, indeed. Number 21, we have Animal Crossing New Leaf. As we mentioned earlier in the show, it's been a long time since we got a brand new Animal Crossing game, but New Leaf has been delivering for the past five years. Lots of activities, tons of customization, online features, amiibo functionality, and being mayor without all the politics. Pretty much has it all. Yeah, I do feel like Animal Crossing best belongs on 
handhelds because of all the communication activity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Switch version is going to also carry on that tradition. Well, you know, being on console and handheld, it seems like, you know, the perfect place for it. Yeah. Can't wait. But uh, hey, New Leaf was pretty darn amazing as well. And next we have number 20, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Pokemon Sun and Moon games were some of the best Pokemon titles ever released. And then what did they do? Well, they made them even better by releasing Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. You really can't go wrong with this new addition to Pokemon. It really is the best new entry into the series since the original. Well, that's pretty strong words, but uh, I think you're probably right. I'm a pretty strong man. <laughs> Number 19, Kirby, Planet Robobot. Yes, Kirby's always got a lot of fun content, but you know what's better than regular Kirby is Kirby getting into a crazy-looking robot mech suit that can fly and transform and also gain new powers. What more could you want out of a Kirby game, really? Nothing. <laughs> Number 18, Bravely Default. Yes, another fantastic RPG that combines uh, traditional turn-based elements with some modern trappings, uh, great 3D, and a very cool story and characters. Both that and sequel are great, but this is where it started, so that's why this is getting the nod of being higher on the list. Yeah, this game really captures the old-school feel of, you know, kind of early Final Fantasy, stuff like that. It does, but it modernizes it too, so it's sort of the perfect mix of old and new-school RPGs. Number 17, Axiom Verge. Yeah, we've talked a lot about this one recently, I think, but with good reason. It is a great indie game. It is a great successor to the Metroid formula. It's just so much fun. No one should miss out on it. Number 16, Okami. Yes. Now, this is sort of an exception to the rules we set up earlier because there was an older version of Okami that was on Wii. However, this recently released Switch version actually fulfills those promises that the Wii version didn't. It has all of the great Zelda-style adventuring and moves and all these cool brush abilities, but this time, you know, actually drawing on the screen or using your finger on the touchscreen actually work. So it works brilliantly, and as a result, it's a game that is absolutely not to be missed. Now, I saw you tweeted me a creepy screenshot. Are you playing this game now? You mean the one that looked like I had written your name in blood? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, I have been playing it. Uh, moving on then, number 15, Rocket League. Yeah, this is uh, one of those uh, games that you must play. If you've heard about it, you've probably read about it, you've probably seen videos of it. It can't really be explained very well. It's basically a three-on-three -three soccer game with cars, right. which sounds ridiculous. But uh, once you play it, you'll understand why it's so good. Indeed. Next up at 14, we have Shantae Half-Genie Hero Ultimate Edition. I feel like I bring up this game all the time, but with good reason. Just the typical hair-whipping, jumping, platforming gameplay is fun, the transformations are fun, and then all the additional modes are tons of fun, all of which are included in the Ultimate Edition. You, know, you can get the regular edition, but Ultimate Edition is certainly the one I would recommend. Excellent, excellent game from the folks at WayForward. And speaking of WayForward, coming in at number 13, we have DuckTales Remastered. You know, the original DuckTales on the NES was fantastic, but using that as a basic blueprint, they went above and beyond and made a completely redone game with, you know, most of the same elements, but completely redesigned graphics, redesigned levels, and a fantastic adaptation of that soundtrack, and uh, made one of the best platformers in the last six years with DuckTales Remastered. Excellent, excellent game. Oh, woo <laughs> Next, coming in at number 12, we have Splatoon 2. Yeah, Splatoon 2 rated higher on our list because it just kind of exceeds 
Splatoon 1 in every way. Yeah, I mean, it's still got a great single-player campaign. It has tons of multiplayer options. and even has the online cooperative Salmon Run. And, of course, the uh, recent DLC that just came out is, uh, is pretty amazing, too. That's true. Very true. Number 11, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Dual Destinies. Yes, we've already had one Ace Attorney game on the list. Hey, you said it. Plus I a crossover. But this fifth installment, Dual Destinies, was just amazing. It was a great return to form after, you know, sort of going off the rails a little bit with the previous installment. I just really loved the characters in this game, and it was really cool to see how the characters had sort of grown up and aged from those early installments. So yeah, it's one of the uh, most enjoyable, best written games uh, you can get for 3DS. Sweet. All right, we've made it to the top 10. Let's do it. So coming in at number 10 is Super Mario Maker. Yeah, can't go wrong with that one. I mean, what's better than a 2D Mario game? Well, how about a 2D Mario game where you can make and play an infinite number of levels? Yeah, in fact, people right now are still making levels that you can download and play. Yeah, without a doubt. Number nine, another Mario game, Super Mario 3D World. You know, I kind of think this game is woefully underrated. I mean, everybody loves Odyssey. Everybody loves Galaxy. You know, in between those games, when it comes to 3D Mario's, we got Super Mario 3D World, but it still should not be underestimated. It's a really fantastic game, probably the best game for multiplayer Mario action. And uh, yeah, just a, a ton of fun, super creative, excellent game. Two words for you, Cat Bowser. Cat Peach. <laughs> Touche. All right, number eight, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah, I mean... Mario Kart is pretty much always great, and Mario Kart 8 was amazing, and then they took what was the best Mario Kart game of the series and made it even better with Deluxe by adding in the dedicated multiplayer modes and all those crazy tracks and drivers and DLC really doesn't get better than that when it comes to kart racing games. Yeah, they almost even went a Smash Brothers route by having all these you know levels from other series and yep. cars from other series. Yeah, it's a pretty epic entry into the series. Yes, it certainly is. Speaking of epic entries into the respective series, at number seven, we have Sonic Mania. Uh, this one's a classic right out of the gates. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's everything we ever loved about classic 2D Sonic, bring it up to modern spec and just giving a vast game with great levels, multiple playable characters, lots of good stuff in there. Speaking of lots of good stuff, number six, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. Yes, we do tend to talk about this one a lot as well, but again, for very good reason, it feels like a great retro 8-bit action platformer that, you know, was never released back in the day, but it has been released now, and it is just so much fun. The digging mechanic is fun, the bouncing mechanic is fun, and as you're alluding to, we probably could have broken this down into like three separate games, all of which would have made it onto this top 50 list if we included them separately. But for the sake of everybody else, we've decided to just include them all under the Treasure Trove moniker. Because, yeah, all those modes are amazing. And, of course, as you know, I cannot wait for that physical edition that's coming out next year. Let's get physical, physical. Thanks, Pete. I really miss that you didn't do that last week. <laughs> no problem. Number five, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. Yes, Chris, all Smash Brothers are pretty much good games. Yeah, this one sure. happens to be one of the best. Yeah, I mean, it's just chock full of content. I'm kind of lost track how many characters there were all told between the initial roster and the DLC. And of course, who can forget about all of the accompanying Amiibo? Amiibo! Uh, of course you would say that. <laughs> 
I'm sure it's going to be surpassed by Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but for now, I think it is absolutely one of the best games you can get on uh, recent systems. That's for sure. Agreed. Number four, Fire Emblem Awakening. Yes. This is the Fire Emblem game that really put the series back on the map. I mean, there have been other great Fire Emblem games out there, but I just felt like that was sort of the perfect combination of characters and gameplay and having you know various difficulty options that made it accessible to new audiences. And it just all came together really, really well. And I'm so happy that it has made Fire Emblem become one of Nintendo's most notable brands in the last several years. Crom! I think you're thinking of Conan, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> uh, moving on to number three, The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Yeah, talk about a long time coming sequel. Yeah, I mean, it's not a sequel I ever wanted. It's not a sequel I ever expected. You know, the original A Link to the Past is arguably my all-time favorite game. And I thought, you know, how could they make a direct sequel to that and make it be as good? Yet, somehow, they pretty much pulled it off. I mean, this is basically, to classic Zelda, what New Super Mario Brothers was to the original Super Mario Brothers series, and they made it work amazing. It's great. Yeah, they really do somehow seamlessly kind of combine those two games, and, uh, you know, if you have played the original, you kind of cannot miss A Link Between Worlds. Yeah, that is for sure. All right. Well, man, we're almost there. Yes, and I suppose... If you've been paying attention to the list, it's not going to be any big surprise as to what the two final games are, but uh, I suppose we should make it official. Let's do it. So Chris and I had to arm wrestle for this one. We pulled on each other's mustaches until one of us gave in. Right. (laughs) Wow, that's quite a visual. (laughs) At any rate. Coming in at number two, Super Mario Odyssey. Yes, an absolutely amazing game. It's just absolute nonstop fun. All sorts of cool powers that you can get by using Cappy to take over the various enemies. A great assortment of worlds. Totally fun play mechanics. And just an absolute blast to play. It's impossible to not smile at least five times while you're playing this game. It's pretty much impossible to not smile constantly while playing this game, in my opinion. But uh, yes, it is for certain one of the best and you know a great return to form for Mario. I mean, it's not that Mario has been, you know, on a slouch or anything like that, but I feel like this has been, you know, one of his most acclaimed games in a long, long time and really proves that Mario still has what it takes to be Nintendo's mascot. All right, Chris. Well, I think it's time. All right, then. Surprise, surprise. Here we are at number one, and it is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Man, oh man. What else is there to say about this game that we haven't really said before? There's probably nothing, but we might as well try anyway. Yeah, this game really takes the Zelda series and just turns it on its head. Or takes it back to, you know, its original inception in some ways. It just really goes back to that heart of exploration and discovery and kind of thinking there can be anything around any turn. And that's, for me, what really made this game so successful was just this uh, you know, amazing sense of wonder you had as you went exploring Hyrule. Absolutely. I mean, you could play through this game a hundred times and you'd probably still see something new every time you played it. At the same time, you know, it really brings Zelda into the modern era with uh, just sort of this open world game design, uh, open air as they like to call it. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, it just gives you the feeling that you can literally do anything you want. Yeah, it's just a really amazing game. The non-linearity is very impressive. Tons of weapons, 
cool powers, you know, all those uh, shrines to explore. It's pretty much just, you know, nonstop enjoyment. Great cities, great characters, pretty much does everything right. Really nails it. Tons of memorable moments and a lot of unscripted memorable moments. <laughs> true. Very, very true. And, uh, of course, with the DLC that they've added to it, you can even get more enjoyment out of it. Yep, that's true as well. Okay, I think that does it for this week's big topic. I can't say that, uh, you know, our top few titles were probably too surprising to anybody, but, uh, hey, I think it was a fun list to go down nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to know more about what other people think. Uh, what What are your top five? Yeah, obviously our picks aren't going to match up with everybody. So yeah, we'd be happy to hear what everybody else has to say. Wait, does that mean we're bringing episode 150 to a close? Yes, yes it does. I think it's time to wrap things up. I think that's a little premature though, don't you? Oh, well, you know, I guess we do have time for one more thing now that you mention it. And that would be a dramatic reading. What do we have this week? This time from the pages of Nintendo Power Volume 6 we have a preview of the NES game Hydlide. Here is an adventure that less experienced role players may find interesting. <laughs> Though short on actual action, players will be able to practice monitoring their status meters and trying to maintain their character in top adventuring condition. Mm-hmm. There are lots of magic items and spells to obtain, as you guide young knight Jim through Fairyland, dispatching monsters such as slimes, giant eels, wizards, sandworms, and a great dragon. <laughs> the information area of the screen will display your attack defend mode, character status, and magic use. A password feature lets you continue your quest. The storyline is so bizarre, it's beyond what even we are used to. <laughs> You're so bizarre, you're beyond what I'm even used to. <laughs> now, you should be used to being by now. Mm, getting there. But, uh, yeah, I have to say, I don't know if I ever played Hydlide, but I don't remember it being very good, and this preview certainly does not make it sound good at all. No, it's funny because, like, it, it feels like, you know, this is back in the day when they had to, like, explain what RPGs were. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I do remember playing this. It was like, uh, it reminded me of Dragon Warrior before Dragon Warrior. Yeah, I just remember people not liking it, and it really seems like in this preview they were struggling with something to say about it that was good. I mean, this is back when Nintendo Power was really, you know, everything, rah-rah, gung-ho, go-go, check out these games, and it's like, we have nothing to say about this game, and it's too bizarre even for us. So <laughs> I think that probably says a lot about the title. Yeah, I also don't trust any game that has to take up part of the screen real estate to have the game logo on it. (laughs) Uh, I forgot about that, but that does seem pretty odd. (laughs) All right, that does it for this week. We have taken care of episode 150. Here's to 150 more or something. Oh, God, I hope not. As always, you can find us at powerpros.podbean.com, and you can follow us at powerprospod on both Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me, the Hoff, on Twitter at Chris the Hoff, and you can find Pete at Burly Red Yeti. You can email us at powerprospod at gmail.com, and if you like the podcast, of course, it would be great if you told your friends about us. Thanks for listening, everybody. For myself, Pete Mashad. Konnichiwa. 
and our good friend Mega Man. I'm heading out, Dr. Light. We will see you next time.